The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here uh, and analyze this. And uh, I want to thank uh, Superintendent Nigel Fields uh, for joining us um, to give us a little update um, as to where we're at with Canil Bay and the Park Service over there and the the, the structure that they have over there uh, as well. You know, the Park Service, um, Lawrence Rockefeller, uh, back in the day. Uh, that's when money had influence, man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, his his love, um they they had own scene, John, for the most part. And um, you know, he used his influence to get a park service to to play a part in that. And you know, we're talking to um my good friend uh, uh a regular contributor, Rocky Leibon, about, you know, if we could I didn't bring that up with um um <clears throat> Mr Fields, but that tech type program, the tech type program from back in 69 and 70, um, where uh, um, the feds had uh, invested in a, in a research program. <clears throat> yeah, check. And uh, hold on there. I got it here. I got it here. Um, and you can look it up as well. Mm, tech tight. Okay, hold on there one second. Tech tight. Tech tight. Uh, bam, bam, bam program and to see if we could you know get things like that happening again uh, in the Virgin Islands you know Tectite project was a group effort between the United, United States Navy the National Aeronautics and Space Administration which is NASA General Electric General Electric private entity and the Department of Interior and it was a laboratory that was built in 1965 and submerged 50 feet in the waters off of the Virgin Islands in Great Lamashaw Bay, right? And, uh, you know, these are the type of things, you know, that, that's the kind of vision that was uh, being uh, exercised back in the day. And here we are now, you know, in the, set, in, in, in the, the third um, decade of the new millennium. And we ain't exercising no vision. You know what I'm saying? And these are the type of things that we need to, you know, we need to uh, to embrace. You know, our biggest um, frustration here is that, you know, things that were going on here in the 70s, 80s, and 90s that allowed for us to progress as a people, they, they're no longer here. You know, we've regressed. And we, uh, you know, we don't like that. You know, particularly when it comes to our environment because, you know, that's that's where our value lies, you know. In addition to being a civilized people, you know, our, our, our value lies in our ecosystem, you know, sand, sun, great weather, all that stuff, and, and, and we got to protect that. You know, here on St. Croix, you know, Fairleigh Dickinson University, we had a lab. And Fairleigh Dickinson University is in Jersey. And we had a lab up on the eastern end of St. Croix, up there by the Yacht Club. Can you imagine that? You know, when we used to go, um, and, and Sunday Drive was a big thing growing up here. And you know, um, you know, St. Croix is, is bigger than St. Thomas and St. John combined, right? So, you know, our road, them, 
is real road, right? <laughs> I let the tease eye about that over there. So I just tease it. No, I got real road though. Uh, I was just broader and, and all that stuff. And you know, when you're heading up to Kramer's Park, you know, you know you're getting close when you pass the, the Philly Dickinson lab. And yeah, a nice volleyball court up there too. Okay? Nice volleyball court. We used to be up there Sunday night with uh, Ivan Sargent. We used to go up there on Sunday nights and play volleyball up there. Man, yo. Rocky and Ducks and Ronnie. You know, we, we, we go, we might get to march, you know. I know we generation done, but you might get to march down the street, them and in, in, in all the island, them asking them to bring back our Virgin Islands to where it was. You know, have some, you know, visionary pride. That's what we're looking for. There's no reason why we shouldn't, you know, if we if Fairleigh Dickinson was here, uh, and this is Marine Sands we talking. If Freddie Dickinson were here in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and all that stuff, there's no reason for them for or, or for a university to not be here. Now I would look, I looked that up. A university of Maine had a, got a nice project, a nice program that would be good here, you know. But these are the type of things we're talking about, you know, working with mainland institutions because in this day and age, connectivity is the most valuable thing you can have, and these are the things. That um, we're talking about on the Tectite project that I mentioned, 1969. That's uh, 54 years ago, come this year, you know. And uh, these are the type of things that we need to, you know, we need to embrace, you know. And uh, Lawrence Rockefeller, you know, he was cruising the Caribbean, pulled up his boat along the coast of St. John. And at the time, this is 1952, at the time, St. John had no proper roads, no cars, no electricity, and no dock. And there began, you know, Mr. Rockefeller thought it was one of the most beautiful places he had ever been, inspired by this. And after reading a 1939 report on the possibility of turning St. John into a national park, can you imagine that? This 1939 report, this is 2023, 84 years ago. He also came to the conclusion that the island should be preserved for future generations to enjoy. Over the next four years, Mr. Rockefeller and the Jackson Hole Preserve, a nonprofit conservation organization. You notice I'm speaking properly now. The St. Dunstan's is coming out, right? Purchased approximately five acres, 5,000 acres of the 12,500 acre island. That's 40%, right? The deeds were then turned over to the federal government for the creation of the nation's 29th. National Park, like they say in New York, right? The park. The actual legislation establishing the park was passed by Congress on August 2nd, 1956. So that's 67 years ago. And the Virgin Islands National Park opened to the public later that year on December the 1st. To date, there are 58 national parks in the system, and we know we heard that number is bigger. Right, because this story that I'm reading here, right, well, maybe maybe correct. Right, in 1962, the boundary of the park was expanded to include 5,650 acres of offshore water. Since then, the actual size of the park's land has grown to 7,259 acres, which accounts for 56.7 percent of the island. And that's where we at. Okay? So thank you, Mr. Fields, once again for allowing me to go through this history here. And I hope to 
audience appreciated it. And I think they did. You know, this type of thing is good to know. Okay? Because I'm reading from a... Okay, this is from the... It's from the Park Service website. It said in 1978, and this is something that Mr. Fields mentioned as well, uh, the park's boundary was expanded to include 122 and a half acres of land located on Hassel Island that he uh, he mentioned and when we spoke on Hassel Island. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, it's located in the St. Thomas Harbor and has a rich history with which includes military, commercial, and agricultural activities. The dates for these activities span from the 1600s to the mid-1900s. Then we also have the Coral Reef uh, Monument. And in his last days of his administration, on January 17, 2001, President Clinton used his power to establish the Virgin Islands Coral Reef National Monument this action furthered the protection to the marine features located in and adjacent to the Virgin Islands National Park, including the monument's 12,708 acres of submerged land are mangrove habitats, algal plains, and coral reefs, endangered species that uh, benefit from the protection of the monument include humpback whales, dolphins, sea turtles, and brown pelicans, and you'll find the monuments boundaries on the park's brochure. We got the Biosphere Reserve, right? Um, um, this one was designated in in 1976. Don't worry about that. No, just yeah. and uh, this is this is uh, and approximately about 600,000 people visit the park uh, each year. So. You know, we're going to you know, do what we could do, but we're going to get Canil Bay back, man. Canil Bay, too, not too much um, history and benefit to the to the people of the Virgin Islands, specifically the people of St. John, for us to not, you know. And I just actually sent a text uh, to a delegate begging her to see if we could fast track that. And make that one work. Of course, you know, we ain't sacrificing nothing from an from environmental standpoint and ecosystem standpoint. But at the same time, um, March got make five and a half years since the hurricane hit, man. Seriously, it's like, it's like people who ain't want something or didn't want something to exist and happen. It's like they're glad the hurricane hit and now it's gone. No check. It's like the it's like the jazz the jazz fest, right? All these jazz fests that you're seeing in the Virgin Islands, I mean the Caribbean. The first one was right here, 1992, 1993, 1994, and then Hurricane Marilyn hit in September of 1995. Jazz fest went to zero. I could stay here and, you know, raise my voice and get all upset and all that stuff, but what am I going to do? But looking back at it, that's that's a sad, sad state of affairs, man. And then you have, you heard about all these other uh, jazz fests in Aruba and St. Lucia and St. Martin and all that stuff. Here is the birthplace of jazz fests 
in the Caribbean, the U.S. Virgin Islands, specifically St. Croix. And that year in 95, that list in the inner circle like were coming that year, you know. And the inner circle were big, big then. You check? And a couple of the artists were coming as well, you know. And uh, unfortunately, you know, Marilyn hit uh, in September of that year. And that was the end of that. You check? Um, so I, uh, and, and St. John, St. John is, a, is known for being a, a locale for great concerts and all that stuff, you know. So, um, we, you know, it, we we keep using these um, natural disasters and crises as 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 an excuse for why we don't have things anymore. We can't live like that anymore. That's a joke, you know. I'm, I'm very very serious, you know. And um, you know, we got we got to start having some more nationalism mentality. Not with um, political, you know, connotations, but nationalism from the standpoint that if we want something to happen here in the territory, um, you know, and we want something to exist, we as a people, then it's going to exist. That's the kind of nationalism, you know, that I, uh, I'm talking about. And uh, in order for that to happen, things like Camille Bay need to be back in the fold. Okay, so that's what we uh, that's what we're dealing with now. I know that my soapbox and all that stuff, but sometimes it gotta be like that. To mm. Donald Cole just uh, educated me. So our park is the only water park. I guess you're talking. I guess he's referring to you know, our national park is the only uh, water park of the national parks, right? No, I'm I'm serious, man. I get into this. To this mode where, you know, people telling us what we can have and what we can have and all that stuff. In particular, when we had it before and it was successful. That's the painful part about it. I know we'll John, you know, probably um, listening uh, and saying thank you, but somebody got to do it, you know, so. So, um, Holly Louise, are you there or? Who we got? We got Holly Louise or Chef Julius? Which one do we have on? Who do we have on right now? Good morning. It's the chef. Sir. What's up, man? Happy Happy New Year again, man. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year. How's everything? Everything is good. We got Holly Louise on the line as well. Good morning, Holly. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? 73 degrees. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Always have to start like that. Always. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking about you when I was driving in this morning, and I was saying to myself, "Holly, we're freezing down here at seventy-three degrees." Man alive! <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear uh, so both of you. Here right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm just having fun. Me, me and Julius, we like to, you know, to, to rub the. Hey, uh, Holly, I got a joke for you. When we come back from the break, Julius, Julius did a commercial. Julius is a big shot, man. Yeah, with with telephone company. It looks like he parlayed oh. he parlayed being on being on this medium in, in, into a commercial uh, uh, venture. So we're, we're gonna tease him when we get back. We'll take a break. Um, Norris the Flores is officially uh, in effect January edition twenty twenty three um, with uh, the one and only Holly Louise, our dietitian, based in um, uh, North Carolina, but her heart's here in the Virgin Islands, particularly with the weather. And yeah, the, one and all, the one and only Chef Julius from uh, my brother's workshop in 
uh, Cafe and Bakery in downtown Charlotte Mali Hotel. We'll take a break and we'll be back right after this. I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists. You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. If it's happening around the world... NPR's Frank Langfitt is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is experiencing its biggest anti-government protests. If it's happening here at home... On a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho... On the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green... Morning Edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1. Parents, have you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun, family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. Welcome back to Analyze This. It's uh, end of the week edition, the last Friday in January, and I got uh, two of my favorite people uh, joining me. Um, Nourish to Flourish, you know, that's something that we've been doing. I believe we started sometime in 2021. And uh, yes. what happened was, um, <clears throat> are we gonna, we're going to get to the to talking to the big shot, Julius, in a little bit with respect to the commercial, but since it's, it's January, I want to give some some background on how we made this happen. So, um, Charu, the the genius pianist, the jazz pianist, um, made an appearance here on St. Croix a couple of years ago. She was here for like two or three months uh, with her daughter. I had to get out of New York a little bit because uh, the pandemic was kind of just messing with people mentally. And she had a couple concerts, Saturday afternoon concerts, and I met Holly Louise uh, at the second one that I went to down at the Caribbean Museum Center for the Arts. Um, and that's an awesome facility down there in the West. And uh, we got to talking. And before you know it, um, by the summer of that year, I believe sometime in July or August, we um, brainstormed the notion of um, you know, having uh, dedicating an hour uh, every month here at Analyze This to talking, about pe- to talking to people about 
diet and little things they could do, you know, to make them feel good and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Chef Julius, uh, he actually rolled into my life, I believe it was like in May of 2020, uh, when we were still, you know, feeling our way out here, I analyzed this, and he called my show one day, and he said, yo, man, I, I'm listening to your show, I like your show. Because uh, at the time, you were delivering a lot of food, right, um, Chef Julius? Um, uh, in the aftermath of the pandemic, or I guess in the throes of the pandemic, right? Yeah, correct. It, it was during that time. Yeah, during correct. that time, so I guess he was on the road, and when he didn't, when he didn't need car, like they were saying in St. Thomas, because we said Kiara and St. Croix, when he went in car, <laughs> and, and uh, he was he was listening, he said, yo, I got to call this dude so we could rap, and from that day, we struck it up, and so we got this mod squad, this uh, mod squad of uh, uh, Chef Julius, Neville James, and the one only Holly Louise, and Nourish to Flourish is here. So I just want to take this opportunity to wish both of you a very happy new year. And I'm looking forward to us having great conversations at least once a month um, throughout 2023 and beyond. Me too. Happy new year as well. Yeah. I love it here. I'm glad to be a part of this mob squad. <laughs> <laughs> no, we grew up watching it. We, we, we grew up watching it on TV, right, Julius? Or may, may, no, you might have been gone by the time you call. You, but you still have baby, Julius. I'm sorry to let you know that. You know, but daddy, 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 uh, world boxing champion, Julian Jackson, uh, daddy would know about the mad squad and all that stuff. So glad to have yeah, you yeah, here. Sure and, and we're looking forward uh, to talking with you guys. So to so check this out, Holly, uh, I'm looking at the TV and we got this, we got this band here. He's a, actually, it's the house band for WTJX public broadcasting system, NPR, Stanley and the 10 sleepless nights. And so they did a, a commercial for Vaya. And the next thing I know, there's our guy, uh, the chef Julius. They're the ones they're calling him and talking to him during the commercial. I was like, "Yo, I knew he was large, but I didn't know I didn't know he was large and in charge, bigger than a barge." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, chef, first of all, congratulations, man. You're on your way, baby. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thank you. How did that go? Uh, how many? How many? How many different takes did you guys need to make that one happen? <laughs> not much, actually. Not much. It was pretty natural. Pretty natural, um, right? Yeah, yeah, those guys are uh, monarchs, and um, <laughs> it was a pleasure working with them. And um, they're just good people, so it, it, it was pretty simple, man. Well, thank you very much, um, because you know when you do that, no to flourish and analyze this. You know, we actually we gonna feed off of it. We gonna let you get away and don't don't feel like as if we're important. So thank you very much for putting us on the map again, man. We like that. <laughs> All good, man. All good. Uh, Naturally happens, you know? Of course, of course. Glad to be I appreciate that. So check this out, um, folks. I want to talk about measuring uh, your intake and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because, you know, we're we're, we're a technical show, and that's what we're about. And um, so I was thinking, what what could we talk about so we're not being redundant uh, uh, on this edition? And one of the things that, you know, we're doing now in this internet age, we Googling a lot of things and we're trying to figure out, you know, what can we do, what we shouldn't do. And everybody has a, an opinion telling people are real good at telling you what you should do, but you don't know if they're doing, you don't know if they're doing what they're telling you to do. You know, in other words, um, they want to run your life and walk theirs. Right. However, I'll digress. Oh, that's yeah, I, I, I'll digress. So, so I like uh, that saying though. I haven't heard that. Yeah, yeah. They, they want to run yours while they walking okay. theirs. You know what I'm saying? And we ain't having that, right? Anyway, um, um, there's an MSD manual 
right? And they ask a question, how are calories in foods measured? So I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to let you guys and, and Gal break this down. Um, <clears throat> food labels contain the number of calories per serving, but how is this number determined? The answer is surprisingly simple. The food is burned. A, sam- a sample of the food, <laughs> a sample of the food, is placed in an insulated, oxygen-filled chamber that is surrounded by water. This chamber is called a bomb calorimeter. The sample is burnt, burned completely. The heat from the from the burning increases the temperature of the water, which is measured, and which indicates the number of calories in the food. For example. If water temperature increases by 20 degrees, the food contains 20 calories. This method of measuring calories is called direct calorimetry. So, Holly Louise, the dietitian, let me just yield and listen to you break this down in lay people language so we could have a feel for what we're talking about here this morning. Sure. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that, is, that is it, you know. Um, so, we're looking at energy. So, we, we talk about calories, calories as our kind of our energy metric, right? We're taking in energy. When we talk about energy in, energy out, we are talking about calories, you know, and that's why we're talking about calories like that because we have, you know, our source of energy, you know, of course, everything gets a little bit more complicated than, than, just, than just a calorie, but the, basic, the basis of it is that. I mean, it's um, the heat generated, um, is like that energy. So they're looking at the amount of energy. So the one degree of heat is one calorie, one calorie. We look at how many calories do we burn, right? We talk about burning calories and burning energy, so you can think of it like that. Um, and then you look at how we burn energy. You look at our metabolism, and that would be like how we burn. That would be our Calori- uh, how do you say it? Calor- Caloric. I'm not going to try. I'm tongue tied right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be like how we burn it. And so everybody's going to burn differently. That's why, you know, and, and a lot of that has to do with muscle mass, um, how active you are, things that we've talked a lot about, you know. So if we want to keep our burn higher, even when we're sitting around, having more muscle on our body um, is the way to do that. Calorimetry. Okay. Calorimetry. Yeah. yeah. Ca- Calorimetric ca- barometer. barometer. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. 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 No, I just, I just, um, Ju- Julius, I know you literally work in burning food and all that. He's, a, bur- he's, a, he's a burning machine. He's a burning machine, but, but you're a control burn. You're not a raw burn. It's a control burn. No. Right. Uh, so, so, so tell us as a chef from your perspective what i just read that all that technical jargon what's it like dealing with this on a minute to minute not day to day a minute to minute basis when you're putting meals together and all that stuff um yeah yeah like like holly's saying you know it's all you know depending on the person um you know i I do some low low carb low uh low sugar meals and um some people need it for, for health reasons, right? Um, you know, we have our diabetics, we have our, um, you know, people that have to lose weight to uh, uh, stabilize some certain conditions, you know. Um, and so it all depends on the individual, um, how much they need to intake, what they need to intake, and how fast it burns and how long it stays 
in the body, if it stays in the body long, if it turns into sugar or not, you know, all those things um, uh, are individual-based. Uh, but we do have, like, general stakes, you know. Um, the lighter the lighter you eat, the quicker it burns. So um, I think if we just kind of keep that in mind um, with ourselves, um, you know, the heavier the protein or the heavier the, the uh, carbs, uh, it, the longer it'll take to burn, uh, the more you have to put in for it to burn. That's kind of the general steak. And then the lighter, you know, mm-hmm. lettuce, vegetables, um, those burn quicker than the other things. So as long as we keep that general uh, knowledge in our mind as we eating, uh, then we can go shoot for the goals that we want. Now, um, I, I pulled up this this uh, explanation here from McGill University uh, in Canada. And, and they, they actually break it down a, a very good way. They say, first of all, a calorie is not a thing and therefore cannot be full or empty. You cannot put calories in a bottle. A calorie is a unit of measure of energy, which is what you, said, yeah. what you said just now, uh, Ali. Very specifically, it is the amount of energy that is required to raise the temperature of one ml, which is also one gram, right, of water. It's a milliliter, right? Of of water by one one milliliter. One milliliter. One one of water. One degree, one milliliter. One degree, one milliliter. Correct. Of water by one degree Celsius. There you go. If you really want to be a stickler for detail, it is the energy needed to raise the temperature from fourteen point five degrees to fifteen point five degrees Celsius. The word calorie was actually coined by the great French chemist Antoine Lavoisier, who used it to refer to the body's internal heat and they said a food calorie is actually a kilocalorie in other words it's the amount of energy needed to raise the temperature of one liter of water by by one degree now you know we're analyze this so we got to get technical from time to time and all that stuff but we, we well we got audience and we we, we want uh to, to to break it down and particularly for our elderly population and the reason why uh, i wanted to touch on this was because we tend to go to events right and we have our elderly folk there. And remember now, <clears throat> they got to eat at a certain time. We can't have them sitting there while uh, big shots like myself running our mouth and people hungry and then our, and, and they need to eat and all that stuff. So, uh, Holly, talk about why it's good to be very uniform as we age in terms of our eating and not having these uh, inconsistent windows of consumption. Um. I just want to make sure I'm understanding the question, though. Like, why? You mean, like, why? As we age, right? As we age, right? It's, it's good to be yeah. consistent and uniform with when we eat, and and not and not like today. Okay, we we eat something at eight, and then we're not eating again till four o'clock, and then the next day we're oh. eating at eight, and then we're eating at twelve, and all. So, why is it good to be consistent as we age? Because the yeah. body, the body, the body, the body reacts to things like that. It does, and I think, you know. One of the things we've talked about this whole time is you've got to listen to your body, and everybody's body is different. And then your own body in different circumstances is different. So, you know, if you maintained a great and you could do, you could eat whatever you want when you were 20, and now you're 40, um, and that's not the case, you have to just adjust it. You've got to let go of the past <laughs> and embrace the now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, w- what is your body now? And that continues to happen as you get older. So... You know, the the short of that answer is that you you know you're as you get older, like you can you're less mobile, you're less 
able to do quick fixes, I think sometimes you're a little bit, you know, there's, there's more limitations. So being predictable is a really helpful tool um, to keeping things consistent. So if you want your blood sugar consistent, not waiting until noon to eat if you're really sensitive. You know, if you need a little bit, if you need that bump in the morning, which most of us do, you know, like even just a little protein, a little, like a small breakfast. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but just like you said, something predictable. Um, Also, you know, what is, how is your, you know, GI responding? You know, it can be a lot more sensitive. You can have less, you know, fewer enzymes. You know, as you get older, you lose stuff. So maybe you're not breaking down things the way you Mm -hmm. used to. So Mm -hmm. um, becoming more aware um, introducing fewer variables can be really helpful um, in maintaining comfort, you know, and predictability in blood sugars and, you know, your, your, how regular you are. And, you know, it, you know, cause if you have trouble getting up and down, you don't exactly want to have a feast, you know, and like there's all kinds of like variables in that way that you have to think about. So predictability just helps you kind of know what works for you it keeps things constant. Then when you have a little variable that you want to as somebody's birthday, you know, you just, you don't go wild or, you know, or, you know, the side effects and you kind of plan accordingly. Now, now Julius, you, you're, you're an athlete and, you know, you, you deal with training athletes and, and making sure that, you know, they, they are, you know, um, sticking to routines and all that stuff and listening to Holly, uh, basically what Holly is saying from a sports, from a sports perspective, um, is like margin for error. In this case, it's margin for flexibility, right? Um, at, at 20, when you're full of vitality, um, you know, you could do things and, 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 and uh, adjust back to base quicker. You get to 30 years old, that's a whole different ballgame, right? And then, of course, the more, the more you age. So that, uh, margin for flexibility, talk a little bit about that from, a, from your um, experience in dealing uh, in, in the athletic realm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I've experienced that uh, myself. You know, I used to be able to do things <laughs> um, and not feel any kind of results or consequences after. Um, but nowadays, it, it's different. Um, I could I could be in the kitchen and knock out a full day in the kitchen and feed 100 people and then go do a workout and then go to an event at night and be fine the next day. Um but nowadays, <laughs> I have to rest. Well, my back starts hurt. My neck, the neck began kink at night. Uh, my my calves are tight, tight, tight because I'm standing all day. Um, and I feel that change. Um, it, I used to be able to do that and not, and do it again the next day and do it again the next day. Um, but now I feel different. So um, I have to take time to rest more. I have to take time to stretch more as well. When I stretch, I feel a lot, a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm learning that about my body. Um, mm, yeah. And, and, you know, those changes that are happening. Uh, also, the way I eat. Uh, when I, I eat, so sometimes I gain more weight really fast. Uh, depends on what I'm eating. Or, or that changes and my energy is different. Uh, depends on how I eat. I, I don't get the same results from, from the food. Um, and so... Mm-hmm. Um, being conscious of those things and watching those things, uh, I think it's important just in our everyday lives. Um, of course, even more as an athlete, you know, if I want to keep up with my guys when I'm running, <laughs> uh, which they're always trying to tell me to come run with them because they're always trying to beat me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I have to make sure I stretch. I have to make sure I rest <laughs> if I want to perform at, at a certain level. It didn't matter. Yeah, now I, I'm like I have to be conscious of that. And, and I, I got I got one more I got one more suggestion um, as we go to break. Get a head start on them as well. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> get a head start so, so that you don't have to expend as much energy as they do. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, I want to piggyback on something you just mentioned there uh, as okay. well. So we'll take a break. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Norwich to Flores, the January 2023 edition is in effect. Be back right after this. for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com these days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. The news nowadays is a bit like our weather, much more extreme. The headlines that grab the most attention generate a lot of heat and not much light. On 1A, we rely on your questions and stories to help us better understand the issues that demand more than a few tweets. With your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Catch 1A at its new time. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. During a busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here uh, analyze this, and we got Norisa Flores, the January edition for 2023. We got the one and only Holly Louise joining us from up in NC. Good morning, Holly. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? All is well. All is well. And of course, Chef Julius from the STT, better known as Rock City. Good morning, Chef. Morning, morning. Good morning. Good. Chef, let me start with you. We, we spoke about calories. Let's talk about measuring protein and all that stuff. Um, for somebody who listening for the first time, uh, and they say, you know what? Uh, I want to feel better. I mean, I, I don't feel I look, I don't think I look bad, but I just want to feel better about myself. I, I want to make sure my, my protein levels are good and, and, and all that good stuff. And you mentioned it just now when you are talking about consciousness, self-consciousness. In other words, um, sometimes you don't need 
to be given um, directives or or have somebody to tell you what you could do. You could educate yourself. Speak a little bit about um, protein, building proteins, measuring proteins, and and that self consciousness that you just spoke about um, that you could do to help yourself. And then of course you could work yourself in with a trainer and a dietitian and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, similarly, like, uh, you know, just paying attention. Um, you know, a, a lot of times we get distracted with life and we move fast and things are <laughs> going too fast sometimes for us. Um, we really do need to take the time to slow down and uh, pay attention to ourselves and, and, and our our bodies and how we're feeling. Um, you know, uh, I know a lot of us can relate to sometimes eating too much and then how we feel after that. Um, uh, well, sometimes what we call it the itis. <laughs> it the itis. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that is your body has to shut down other parts to focus on digesting our food, uh, especially if we, we've eaten too much. So um, being conscious of that, um, one thing for me, I know if, if I don't have like a handful of mixed nuts, uh, I feel the difference. You know, uh, nuts have a lot of vitamins and minerals. And when I don't do that for some time, I, I definitely feel the difference in my energy level. Um, and so paying attention to little things like that. Um, when it comes to measuring, um, that, that could be, that, that, that's going to take time to learn as long as you're conscious of it. Um, you know, eight ounces, six ounces. I mean, you, you don't actually have to like put a weight or a scale on there or, or a measuring cup. Uh, but um, you do want to just be conscious of, of the amount, what it looks like, you know, what that portion size looks like. And um, just be conscious of it and, and pay attention to it. Um, that just comes over time. You don't have to be super super technical, um, but you know you can you know how much you can fill up your plate and watch it and be like, yeah, that's that's a lot of food. <laughs> or you can say, nah, okay, this is a good amount. I, I won't feel I won't feel sleepy after I eat this. You know, um, a lot of us can do that, uh, especially with time. Um, so yeah, just being self aware, man, taking the time to slow down and, and pay attention to those little things, little details. Uh, mean a lot uh, when it comes to your health. Halia, the dietitian, protein quantification. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with that. Um, oh yeah. How, how do we? How, how do we? And, and Julius, you brought up a good point from the standpoint that you're not going to be processing all this information and being very, very learned overnight. It doesn't work that way, yeah. right? The, the, the human mind uh, is is everybody's is 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 different. It's brilliant, but at the same time, you don't want to stress it out because you could confuse yourself, right? Um, uh, so Holly, as a dietitian, and when folks come to you and they, they, it's like they come to you and look, I want to be, I want to, I want to look like a Coke bottle tomorrow, <laughs> and it doesn't work. <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way. Talk them down from the lead. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got to put in the time and the effort. You know what I'm saying? And and the beauty of it at the end of the day is. You know, I didn't. I didn't do an overnight fix via surgery. You know, I put in the time, uh, and and over ninety days to one hundred and eighty days, I can see the results. Talk about the That's protein right. quantification part, and then that mental aspect of the benefit of putting in the work to get to where you want to get to. Yeah. Um, okay. So first of all, um, protein. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would say to make it easy. I, I, I try to make as few assumptions as possible. So there are some really great resources out there that talk about what protein is, you know, the difference between proteins and fats, some proteins that are high in fat, proteins that are low in fat. Like thinking of if you, if you eat meat and fish, 
keeping to kind of white meat, light meat, uh, chickens, poultries, fish, um, really keeping the red meats down where possible. Um, you know, those are, those are really helpful. Now, having, thinking about um, ratio is helpful. So I, like to, I do like to back up and say this, that there's, you know, you want to make your food sort of like what Julius is talking about. You want to make it work for you. There's a reason carbs are comfort food. And there's a reason why people feel more energized when they're having more protein. But they're having more, they're feeling more energy when the protein is high and the carbs are low. So if it's like Thanksgiving and the carbs and the protein are high, that's when you start to feel lethargic, full, and all the things. But if you're keeping, say, more protein and you're keeping low on your carbohydrates, you know, not all the time. You don't, I'm not advocating for a consistently low carbohydrate diet. But if you monitor those, because I'm also not advocating for a high carbohydrate diet. So if you think about just having a bowl of pasta, the ratio is basically 100% carbs or 80% carbs, you know, versus if you try to keep that to about half your plate, uh, I'm sorry, like a quarter of your plate. If you think about carbs being a quarter of your plate, that's a that's a good place to be, you know, and then thinking about higher amounts of protein, um, more chicken, more fish, keeping that bigger, more central in your diet. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, um, <clears throat> Julius, I'm, I'm sure you could relate to this. Uh, when we were younger and we go out to a restaurant and, and what they bring in front of us, um, we have no problem mapping up the plate. That's when we were younger. Now, when we're ordering food, we want to know how much we're eating now because we're taking some home. Right, yeah, uh, and and and, and it's a it, well, it, it's a moderation thing, but it's also your body talking to you and letting you know, look, you can't really consume, you know, you 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 can't consume um, the volume of food that you did when you were twenty five years younger. Just a reality, or or or, or you can, but you'll feel the uh, more detrimental effects right. of consuming that food now than you would right. back then. In other, uh, uh, elaborate on that, if you will. Yeah, correct. You you definitely feel the difference, um, whether it's it's in your energy levels or sometimes uh, gas, uh, gas or cramps. Sometimes if I take too long to eat, uh, usually I, I this never happens to me. But if I take too long to eat, I, I would build up a lot of gas mm -hmm. really fast, um, and I would feel pain on my side, and and I was like, dang, I took too long to eat. Um, and so you definitely feel those things. And, um, yeah, you, you should definitely pay attention to that um, as much as you can. My, my, um, my producer sent me the word. Uh, we, we learned a word here this morning. I learned a word. Interoception, which is the sense of signals that come from inside your body, such as feeling your heart beating and, and your breathing or knowing when you are hungry. Uh, this, is, um, this is interesting. Uh, uh, that, uh, so hydration, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. You, you, you literally can tell when your body <clears throat> is talking to you, and 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 but but what you don't want, Holly, and you could speak to this, right? You don't want to get into a sense of panic, though. You know what I'm saying? Because at that point, you're incorporating a mental dynamic, and you're already feeling the physical, uh, the physical effects of 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 not being consistent. So we're cycling back to. Uniformity is a good thing in terms of what you consume. 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of, uh, uniformity is a good thing, but I just want to, you know, kind of in line with what you're saying, again, making food work for you in the sense of cleaning it up. We've talked about making like a little bit more protein, uh, lowering the carbs. One of the side effects of that is you're going to have, you're going to most likely have a lot less cravings. So it's going to feel like you're not fighting as much. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be more like, so consistency is very important. Getting your mind into it, really connecting with your why. These are things we've talked about. Taking your time eating, um, enjoying the people around you while you eat or enjoying your, your space alone. It, 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 you know, when you're eating, whatever the case might be, like taking, you know, taking time um, if you can, you know, do that. Um, but I think that, as you, as you improve your diet, um, things do become a little bit easier. Sometimes it's just that initial hump. And I think one thing that we can really do to help us, you know, ourselves is do one thing at a time. There's a million things that have to, you know, that make weight loss simple and complicated, you know, and by, and, and the root of it is, usually more way more emotional than than anything else people a lot of people know what to do um um but anyhow i just i guess i just wanted to say that because i just feel like it's an important element when you talk about putting in that work you definitely want to put in the work but you're going to get your food to work for you and you're going to feel better and you're going to be less crazy and and you're going to be more inclined to enjoy smaller amounts of that feast just because it's like you're not feeling starving. You, you, you've learned how to regulate yourself. But just start with little things. Like today, if you want to start, if you're inspired by this, just, just look at your plate and choose, choose like take away half the carbs, add a little protein. That would be one start just, mm-hmm. to, just to test it out. You know, just little adjustments and then build on it. No, I, I, I agree. Actually, one of my, one of my listeners... Uh, just called in and, uh, and 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 sent me this text, uh, and I'm gonna let you you, you you all break it down. He said most of us should know more more about our of individual bodies than our doctors, <laughs> right? And, uh, and, and well, yep, sure. now now we're not knocking the profession because we need the doctors. I want to make that clear. Let me put that 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 clarification yeah. out there, right? But but um, there's nothing wrong with self education. And the mm-hmm. same thing applies to your body, and and food consumption as you age. Uh, 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 for example, Julius, you know we'd be starving. Me and me and my um, one of my employees, we hang out a lot, um, even though we ain't working together uh, anymore. But one of my former employees, we hang out a lot, and we'd talk about how hungry we'd be. And <laughs> I I actually admitted to him. I said, you know, I could be starving, and as soon as I eat that first piece of salmon, I go. <laughs> I, I, in, other, in other words, I don't need the whole salmon anymore, but because it, it was it was an appetite thing where I needed to eat something, I only needed one piece of salmon. I got and, and and I got half of it to go home to go home with. So actually, it's a mental conditioning thing as well, right? Oh yeah, and I just want to say, anecdotally, that's a good strategy when you're trying to lose weight. There are ways to make really delicious, like and, and Julius, you could speak to this. Anything like very healthy and absolutely delicious meals, and I'm, I'm I'm honestly guilty of it. I love to cook. I love to do these things, but if I make it just slightly less interesting, I'm not talking about making a gross dinner. I'm just saying let's not make it so good 
that I just want to eat more of it because it's so good. Like, I want to, because that is exactly right. That's when your appetite starts to take over, and you absolutely can gain weight off of healthy food because of it, exactly what we started talking mm-hmm. about at the beginning. Correct. Calories. Correct. Excess. Mm-hmm. If you're eating too much, you're eating too much. It could be from brownies, or it can be from hummus, or it can mm-hmm. be from whatever, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, how those macronutrients work in your body is a different story, and that's what complicates it. How you feel, your energy, that has to do with the types of food you're eating and your type of life. So that's a little bit different than just the calories in, in and out. But you hear my, my basic point. Without a doubt, and, 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 and um, just hearing Holly talk about brownies, I got appetite for brownies right now, Julia. I know so, now, I want so, a so. <laughs> It's funny because I saw, I saw like, some oatmeal... Brownie recipe like on TikTok the other day, and now it's on my mind. And, and, and Julius, um, uh, to close real quickly, you ever notice as we age, we want less sugar in our brownies? Remember, <laughs> right. remember when we were young, we were always in the sugar thing. But now a good brownie don't need all that sugar as we age. I don't, I don't know about you, but that's the case for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I just want, I just want it, I just want it nice and fluffy and tasting good. You don't have to have the amount of sugar you did when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing because I use the word fluffy, right? <laughs> yeah, look, great, great discussion. Great start for uh, 2023. Looking forward to us doing this. Maybe we need to make this an end of the month thing and not that third third week, that third week. So we'll work on that. But I want to thank both of you for making some time uh, to enlighten the audience. I got my, I got, I got my text messages and all that stuff. Uh, so thank you very much, Chef Julius out of St. Thomas. And of course, Holly Louise out of NC. When you coming back, Holly? I miss you. Need to see you. It's, I know, it's, I miss it's you been too. too. It's I been really too long. Like they say in America, it's been too long. You've been like in New York. You've, you're from. New, you've been from New York. It's too long. It's too long. You've been gone for too long, Holly. Too long. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Thanks a lot. Appreciate both of you. Be good. Enjoy the weekend. Okay. Wonderful day. Weekend. And, and we'll we'll talk the latter part of February, right? Okay, guys. Yeah. You're good. Thanks a lot. That's on Chef Thank Julius, you. the big uh, commercial commercials, uh, commercial guy uh, doing the spots and all that with Stanley and Ten Sleepless Nights. And, of course, uh, Holly Louise. Uh, thank you very much, Zoe. Zimit and Sean, good looking out with a text message there, man. I like that. I like that one uh, as well. Great show today, Nigel Fields. And I've been talking with a delegate. You know, uh, we're doing a little side thing. I've been walking and chewing gum at the same time with me and a delegate had a little sidebar. Uh, discussion. Now we gonna make the Canel Bay thing work, but we just got to, you know, <clears throat> focus on uh, making things right, okay? And uh, and and some evolving, some some some. I mean, we we want to get away from natural flavor, but some evolution incorporating that as well as well because uh, because uh, you know we 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 gonna get we gonna get we get we gonna get what we want for our people here in the Virgin Islands. So thanks to everybody who contributed. Thank you, uh, Glenn. Uh, for running things today and uh, enjoy the weekend everybody be good be safe and hopefully talk to you on Monday bye bye the views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board management staff or underwriters
he said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 1A is your place for daily conversation with thoughtful guests and listeners from around the country. Fridays are home to our news roundups, where we answer your questions about the biggest stories of the week. I'm Jen White. This year, we continue to celebrate your freedom to listen, weigh in, and share what you're curious about. And with your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.